Welcome to Breaking the Barrier, a Western lifestyle podcast focused on those breaking barriers both in and out of the arena. I'm your host, Rebel Saklocha, and today I am joined by the one and only Trent Johnson, the owner, creative, and artist behind Greeley Hatworks. Thanks for being with us, Trent. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm totally psyched, and you have <laughs> like the coolest name in the world. Oh, gosh. Well, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Um, so I'm so excited to learn, you know, more about your story. But um, for those who are unfamiliar, could you just give us a little, you know, elevator pitch for what Greeley Hatworks is and how it's kind of grown as a brand? Sure. So Greeley Hatworks was founded in 1909 here in Greeley, Colorado. I'm the fourth hat maker to own it. Um, and we've I've owned it for just over 26 years and I was an apprentice for three and a half years. So I've been doing this about 30 years now and we create custom hats and build, build stock hats for about 100 stores around the US and 12 international. We also recraft and uh, repair hats and we have a small retail store in Greeley, Colorado with the studio right behind it. Awesome. So I'm, I'm intrigued because you mentioned that you were an apprentice for a while. Is being a hatter something that you always wanted to do or is it something that you kind of stumbled into? Well, I, I often joke, I didn't choose the hat life. The hat life chose me. Um, as a kid, <laughs> as, a, as a kid, I, I collected hats and I don't mean ball caps. I mean, Western hats, fedoras, pork pies. I just, you know, the, remember at school when they'd have like crazy hat day? Oh my gosh. Yes. Okay. So that was like me almost every day. I just always wore hats. I loved hats. The, were um, the teachers always yelling at you to take your hat off in class? They didn't have to yell very much because I kind of I kind of knew the rules and regulations that you know take it off in the classroom and so yeah. forth. So um, yeah, so I've always had a thing for hats, and uh, the the hat shop used to be out on the, in the on the ranch in the barn, and so I went out there to have uh, Susie Orr work on my hat, and uh, got a job working on the ranch. Ended up moving onto the ranch in their house. Um, and so I would work in the hat shop, I would work on the ranch and I would go to college. And then we built me a place on the West end of the ranch. And so I managed, she had two ranches and I went to college and my spare time, every spare second I got, I, I hung out in the hat shop. So, uh, you know, when I came up here to go to school in Greeley, uh, at the university of Northern Colorado, I really wanted to go to business school. Um, but I didn't have good enough grades. So. <laughs> To, to make a long story short, once I decided, like, when I grow up, I'm going to be a hat maker, is um, I started going to the Small Business Development Center at night and taking classes on how to write a business plan and so forth. And so that's kind of how I got started. That's awesome. I, I think the entrepreneurial um, aspect of your story is really neat. And we'll dig into that later. Um, but as, you know, starting as an apprentice and then obviously building the brand, um, to be almost a household name, or not almost, a household name in the Western industry. Um, you outfit some pretty cool people. Uh, you have a partnership with Miss Rodeo America. Kevin Costner is sporting a Greeley on Yellowstone. That's pretty impressive. Um, what is that, you know, like for you? Well, for me, whether it's, you know, like a celebrity or a head of state or a musician, I mean, it's really fun. Um, but that's not my bread and butter. I mean, my mm -hmm. bread and butter is core Western um, cattlemen, ranchers, um, horse enthusiasts. You know, I just got back um, 
from doing a, a private show at the King Ranch. And then from there, I drove straight to Houston for National Cattlemen's Beef Association. It was CattleCon 22. It was my 24th year with the National Cattlemen. So, wow. I mean, that's that's like my core. But by staying true to what we do and then also kind of breaking some of those boundaries, if you will, has what's helped me get into some of the the, the music and movie and television stuff. So, yeah, I'm I'm like if you would have told me, you know, 30 years ago, hey, you know, get ready for a wild ride. You're going to build hats for presidents and heads of state and movies and all of this stuff. I would have like told you to put in your pipe and smoke it, I guess. I, there's no way like I still can't, you know, I still just kind of get blown away. Yeah. So what is the advantage of buying a Greeley hat or getting a, a hat custom fitted to you as opposed to just buying one off the rack? All right. Great question. So, you know, our tagline is um, Greeley Hat Works. We start with better bodies and obviously not this one. I mean, hat <laughs> bodies. Okay. So um, we start with better quality uh, fur that um, I design the hat bodies to my specifications and to what, what the clients um, are kind of wanting and what's, what's going to make that hat stay durable and last longer. Um, so that's really the start is starting with a better hat body. Um, you know, our, our sweatbands are all two inch run leather, all hand readed, but from there it comes into the, the quality comes into the craftsmanship. Um, you know, we've got, we've got a great, I have a great team. We are a great team, um, building these hats. So, uh, even a stock hat, if you went into one of our, the stores that we supply hats for, um, it's going to still be a handmade hat versus a custom hat where, we would measure you with our antique conformateur that was invented in 1843 and ours was built in the early 1900s. So I travel the country and the world um, measuring people's heads. That's awesome. So uh, this tool that you use, I have had a, a hat fitted, um, a Greeley hat fitted, and it, it kind of feels like you know one of those tools you get in your stocking as a kid that you use to scratch your head. Um, right. why there's obviously, um, you know, there's obviously something to this. So why hasn't that, um, evolved and why are you still using a tool that was, you know, made in the early 1900s? Well, I actually, um, was approached by, um, so, some technology people to where I could like scan your head and make a 3d print and blah, blah, blah. But everybody is so connected on their cell phones and everything that I, I still find it, I guess, kind of romantic to um, be able to um, honor the past by using those traditions. And I mean, if it's not broke, don't fix it and it works. So yep. why, why try to reinvent the wheel if you already have a great wheel? Definitely. So at this point, Greeley Hat Works is much more than just a, a store that sells cowboy hats. Um, you can get fashion hats, um, you know, some really cool things there. As a creative, what's the, the best part for you when it comes to, you know, taking the traditional cowboy hat and giving it a bit of a twist? Yeah. So I think for me, the, the, the most rewarding part of creating something like that is actually getting to work um, with the customer, whether it's a store designing a line of hats or somebody I meet in Germany or, you know, in Texas being able to work with them directly to kind of help their imagination um, sort the things out. And I kind of call it uh, my design funnel. Like they'll come in with all these ideas way out here. And then I, my job is to kind of just narrow them down into something 
that is wearable and is going to look good, but really look good on them. And so I guess for me, designing um, the number one, the most important thing in designing for me is being a good listener and wanting to know how they're going to wear the hat, what they're wearing that like, why do they even want a hat, which is always throws people off. I'm like, so why do you want a hat? I'm not trying to talk <laughs> them out of buying a hat as much as that I am trying to figure out what they're going to be using this hat for. That also goes into how we fit the hat, um, the weight um, of the felt body and all of those other things, the crown, the brim, uh, all the trim and everything. So I really like to get to know uh, the person that's going to be wearing the hat. Definitely. There's a lot of elements that go into it. And I, I think a lot of people get overwhelmed when it comes time to obviously very excited, but it's it's kind of overwhelming all the different options you have when you're getting a custom hat made. What would you what are some of your recommendations for someone who's um, having a custom hat made for the first time? Um, well, the first thing, whether it's me or any other you know hat maker around the country, is to make sure that you feel comfortable working with them as far as the explanations of what the hat's made out of and so forth. Um, but really, it really comes down to, you know, just being able to connect with that person. Um, you know, fit, I don't care how pretty the hat is, I don't care how expensive the hat is, but if the hat doesn't fit, like you're not gonna wear it. So it kind of really doesn't matter. So for me, you know, just having that confidence and the relationship with the hat maker and or the company is uh, very important. Definitely. So the cowboy hat is a surefire, you know, conversation starter, regardless of um, what crowd you're in. How powerful do you think a quality hat can be for someone? Well, I, I look at the hat basically as an extension of your personality. So if you feel comfortable and confident in it, you're going to honestly make an, a good hat look great just by the way you carry yourself because of how that hat makes you feel. And, you know, in, in my travels, um, you know, September of last year, I went to Germany and did a show over there with one of my retailers. And the, the cowboy hat is so iconic. Um, I often joke that I, um, I, I, I preach the gospel of Greeley. Uh, but really, but, you know, really, it's about the American West and it opens up so many doors to talk about agriculture and sustainability and all of the and food safety and all of those kinds of things. So that's really what is cool for me is that it's it's such an icon that opens up doors into other conversations that I mean, you might not even think. And in fact, when I was in Germany, I, I kind of I it was unintentional on, on my part. Um, but the, the TV host introduced me as the mayor of Greeley. Um, John Gates is the mayor of Greeley. It is not me, but I am very passionate about Greeley and Weld County and Colorado and the Western United States and how it all ties together into this really crazy, uh, you know, global, global community. Definitely. Um, so in our world today, you know, they're calling it the great resignation and on all these things and people are ditching their traditional nine to fives to, you know, start their own gig or, you know, a company, whether large or small. Um, you obviously have a lot of entrepreneurial knowledge. What would you tell someone who's on the verge of making the leap to a new career or a new business? Well, I, I think where I would start is, although you may be good at everything, you shouldn't try to do everything. Mm. Um, I, I remember as I started growing, 
um, I would literally be like, okay, if I sell this many hats, I could pay somebody to build a website. If I sell this many hats, I could, I could hire a good accountant. If I sell this many hats, I could do these things. So I always looked at it as good at making hats, designing hats, selling hats, connecting with clients. So that's where I put my focus, which in turn gave me more sales, which in turn mm -hmm. gave me more money to pay people to do things that they are really, really good at. Definitely. So to, I, I guess I, so I guess in a nutshell is to, to don't try to do everything yourself and focus on what you do best so that you can help build a team around you that can help you with all those little things. Although they may not be little at the very end, they're little and you're getting started. Yeah. So every day as a business owner is not always the most fun. I know you're in an industry and, and love what you do, but that doesn't mean that every, every single thing you have to do is fun. But what is the most rewarding part and the most challenging part about this role that you're in? Um, the most, report, most rewarding part is literally putting that hat onto their client and just seeing them smile and knowing that you helped you built helped build their character and give them confidence and and yeah it's just i mean it's really it sounds cheesy but it's like really magical when you get that when you get that look and that smile and they just love it that's the most fun part um the most frustrating part um we could just go with most frustrating pre-covid um <laughs> most fr frustrating part is always um as you grow i i feel like the two things that really got me and, and Greeley Hatworks to where we are today is our quality and our customer service. And so that's always, you know, as you grow, making sure that you remember, you know, what, what got you there, what, you know, who brought you to the dance, so to speak, so that um, those principles are things that you have to learn how to um, adapt and not change in a negative way, but uh, to grow and have some different perspectives on, on those important key things that got you to where you are. So, you know, when you're managing your team, how do you make sure that everyone's on the same page and consistently, you know, offering that high level of customer service? You're funny. <laughs> oh, oh my gosh. gosh. It's like, is there, I had a meeting this morning. I'm wanting to know how you recorded. What uh, the heck is going I, I on? promise. I promise. I'm not that sophisticated. You know, um, as you grow and things evolve, but you want the product to remain the same and or get better with growth is trying really the, the biggest thing I could cut it down to just one word is communication. Um, you know, being able to communicate with the hat makers and communi communicate with um, the people printing sweatbands or when we're sewing sweatbands into hats or when we're trimming them is there's all these different components and I have quite a few people that are super talented that could build the hat from start to finish. Um, but everybody has kind of found their jam and their focus and what they like to do. And so I think being able to um, keep my uh, team members and my coworkers engaged and be able to think outside of the box and come up with suggestions on how to make things better and sometimes that means doing it a different way, which is always a struggle because change is good, but change is only good if it's communicated and shared, you know? Yeah. So that's sometimes the struggle. Yeah. 
So in 30 years of making hats, what are some trends or some changes either in your approach um, or just some things that you've seen over the years? Um, you know, I've seen brims get bigger. I've seen brims <laughs> get smaller. I've seen crowns get taller. I've seen crowns get shorter. Um, you know, so I mean, I think I've seen a, a lot of things. The one thing that hasn't changed over the 30 years is that people will pay for quality. Um, mm -hmm. You know, and I, I was just using this example um, at one of my recent shows. Um, and it was, it was a, a cowboy that, you know, rides fence and works cattle at the King Ranch. And he's like, well, you know, it's just going to be a beater hat. I, I ought to just get a, you know, a, a less expensive one. And I said to him sarcastically, I was like, oh, so you ride a horse every day? And he's like, yes, sir. And I go, oh, so you just bought a cheap work saddle because you're going to like wear it out. And he's like, well, no, I bought, you know, and he's, you know, about his King Ranch saddle and everything. I was like, okay, well, the hat, although it looks cool, is still a tool, just like your mm -hmm. saddle or your boots or your spurs or your shaps. So um, quality hasn't gone out of style, nor will it. And I think being able to give people that experience is what it's about because you can buy hats online you can point and you can click you can go to a, a western war store right down from where you live but a lot of it for me is about the about the experience and how it makes you feel and makes you part of the process that you know basically i think you buy an experience and at the end you get this free awesome hat <laughs> a free awesome hat i love that um, but these are really investments. I mean, it's not like you're going to buy a hat and then need to go get another one. I mean, you might want to get another one a few months right. later, as you should. Um, but talk about just how long these hats will last someone, you know, even with hard work. So I have a guy that just brought in um, his, let's see, I built him that hat in 02. He's worn it every day since 02, and he just came in to buy a wow. new one. So, you know, it, it's again uh, about the quality type of the thing is that um, it's it's wearable art, but it serves a purpose and a function. So I have hats. Um, I just I have a picture of one on my phone. I just uh, worked on this last weekend, and it was one I built in 01. I have I've seen hats that I built in 1998. And, um, you know, so I think it's one of those things that you know, kind of like boots, and I, I know the boot makers will agree with me here, is if you only have one pair of boots and you wear them every day, they're going to wear out faster because you're using them hard every day. Whereas if you had more than one hat and you kind of were in a little hat rotation, the way you do your boots, that they're going to last, you know, if you have two hats, mm -hmm. they'll last twice as long. If you have three hats, they'll last three times as long. But the important thing too is taking care of it like a tool if you wear it, you know, for 20 some odd years and never have it cleaned, there's a good chance that it's, it might be like at the end of its life. So I think it's always important to be able to do that kind of preventive maintenance, kind of like going to the dentist or something. It's like, you know, if you wear a straw hat in the summer, when you get that straw hat, whether you get it here or somewhere else is drop off your felt hat for, you know, a 50,000 mile tune up. Yeah. So you just a moment ago, you referred to hats as wearable art. I, I love that. But you guys have really pushed the envelope with the colored hats and that sort of trend. 
how what is that process like for you as a creative getting to you know experiment with all these different colors and i'm biased because um, i have a red and a turquoise <laughs> right no 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 it, it's just one of those things that i mean if i had if i had more time and more money i would i would have every possible color known to man with my <laughs> felt maker when i go to europe i could i could take i could take this yellow sticky note and say i want to have this color which we actually did it's called essen but i mean shaps you know kind of talking with some of our retail partners and seeing kind of forecasting if you will or instead of forecasting i like calling it setting the trend um and so like we'll we'll do some really different stuff and it's not available everywhere um you know like i said we're very small and so it's it it's nice to see those those things kind of come to fruition we have one body uh that we're getting ready to uh release uh for uh for fall and it's felted with about nine different colors of fur one is called the neon cactus the other one's called the desert cactus but i started working on that hat body on one of my on a trip to Europe 10 years ago. Oh my gosh. Well, so I'm, it, I'm super excited to see it. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be awesome. So is there one story that comes to mind um, of a particular hat or a person that has just kind of been a highlight of your career that you would like to share? Well, that's that's kind of like- <laughs> you get, There's lots of cool people. Well, yeah, it's like trying to say which one of your kids is your favorite. Like, you just don't do that. So I guess one of my most memorable stories would be uh, the second hat I built for President Bush. I got invited to the Oval Office to present it to him. And it's like TV. There's not a shadow. Everything's perfect. This guy walks through the secret door in the wall, the whole nine yards. Um, but over, over um, a nook where he has a bunch of books, there's a picture. And it's, I don't recall who, who, who the picture was by, but it has this husband and wife in a covered wagon and like a, a, a native person holding out this spear pointing. And President Bush says, he's like, you know, this, this picture is very historical and means a lot to America. Like, you know, we all kind of like lean in a little bit. He goes, mm -hmm. do you know, do you know what this picture represents? And we're like, no, sir. We, I don't, I have no idea. He's like, this is the first time in the United States a man ever stopped and asked for directions. I mean, it was a joke. I mean, but like, I don't know when the president, like, do you laugh? Do you not laugh? I mean, it was funny. Um, yeah. But, you know, so that was really cool. And on, the, on that hat, I, I did a uh, hat carrier that had the presidential seal on it. And oh, wow. when, I got when I got home, I, uh, the White House had called me and gave me a contract building hats for dignitaries. So it came with a presidential seal hat carrier. It had a W on a uh, silver and gold buckle that Silver King made. And on the inside, um, I was authorized to use the president, president's signature and I would stamp the president's signature in there. And he gave them as um, uh, get, uh, state gifts. So like he gave one to Vladimir Putin, the America Kuwait, Secretary General of the United Nations, you know, President of Mexico, Guatemala, uh, Vice President Kerr of the Sudan, all of these people, whether you like them or not, or agree with the politics, this is a, a, a lot bigger than just the politics. I mean, it was just really cool to be able to create and do fun stuff like that, that literally went all over the world. Definitely. So as we kind of wrap up today, um, I would love for you to pass on, or I ask everyone to pass on a piece of advice that they've received um, that they think our listeners would benefit from? 
Well, okay. Wow. That, that's, that's a good one. I would have to say, um, there's no such thing as breaking boundaries. There's only things like moving them. Um, you know, you look at what we've done in the, in the hat world over the last 30 years by putting stuff on hats or some other things that, you know, now I have a whole folder in my phone when I'm feeling kind of down and out. I just go to all these pictures of hats that have been knocked off. And, you know, it's pretty cool that, you know, we got to help kind of lead um, and help change the industry, I think, for the better and make it more open for everybody. So don't break the barriers, but just like gently move them in baby steps. And pretty soon, hopefully there will be no boundaries. That's awesome. Is there anything else you'd like to share that we didn't touch on? Boy, um, we covered a lot of ground in like 27 minutes. I know. I, I was impressed. I was impressed. Yeah. Perfect. You know, really, it's just, you know, the hat is an extension of your personality. And I think everybody looks good in a hat. It just needs to be the right hat. It would be like going into a uh, into the gal that cuts your hair with a picture of Jennifer Aniston and saying, I want my hair cut like Jennifer. You can cut it like Jennifer, but that's not going to make you look like Jennifer. And if you're <laughs> between your your face, your shoulders, your chin, your build, your height, on all of those things, you can make a hat look great on everybody. But it just has to be the right hat for the right person. So um, I'm blessed to be able to help guide people doing that, and look forward to some more travels. So I'm I'm excited. Okay. It's going to be a great year. Um, I think a lot of people have the misconception that in order to wear a cowboy hat, you, a lot of people stay away from it because they think they either need to be a day worker or, you know, cowboying every day of their life. Uh, what would you tell someone who was leery about, um, buying a cowboy hat because they weren't cowboy enough per se? <laughs> well, I, again, if you're confident and you can carry it, you can do it. Um, however, I think there is a, a line between cowboy hats and western hats you could still enjoy the american west love the american west believe in everything the american west stands for and have a hat that symbolizes that um without necessarily going you know super punchy yep absolutely all righty well i won't take up any more of your time today but i sure appreciate it and this was great. likewise thank you so much for the opportunity that was Trenton Johnson, CEO, artist, and creative behind Greeley Hatworks in Greeley, Colorado. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode of Breaking the Barrier. I hope you took away a few lessons in entrepreneurship and maybe even feel inspired to go buy yourself a new custom cowboy hat or maybe even buy a hat for the first time. As a reminder, you can access all previous episodes as well as find new episodes every Tuesday wherever you listen to podcasts. Breaking the Barrier is produced by the Rural Radio Network.